0: Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Have you ever been in a situation where you had to figure out if you should stay or if you should go? Have you ever been with somebody where you had put up with it for so long and you just was in the middle of trying to figure out? When do you know that you need to go, right? And when do you know that you need to stay because part of the reason you feel like you need to go is your fault and you got some work to do. And how do you know that? How, how far is too far? How much is too much? How do we figure that out, right? And that's just relationships. How do you know when the way that you are parenting needs to adjust and to adapt and to change and to shift? How do you know when it's time to hire the new employee? How do you know when it's time to expand the business? How do you know when it's time to adjust your finances? How do you know when you need to figure out something in your own life, your own fitness, your own medicine, your own shift of doctor? You got two doctors telling you two different things and you've got to make a decision. What do you do in the middle of these seemingly impossible situations where you don't know? And I'm not sure how to get through it because this is difficult. What do you do when... What do you do when it seems like I can't do anything without something not going right on this one? It's tough. How do I know how to stay if God wants me to stay then? How do I stay and not lose my heart? How do I not get so angry and bitter in the midst of unfair? Situations, Unfair treatment, a boss that just doesn't reward me, appreciate me, doesn't see me. Maybe a wife that doesn't see how hard I'm working and it's just always on me. Maybe a Maybe a husband that doesn't really truly love and appreciate what he gets with me and all I do to support, care, love him. These are things that we try to figure out, we're trying to deal with. And what's good about us as people of faith is that God knew we were going to go through this stuff. And he didn't leave us out there on our own. He gave us the word of God. He gave us scripture. He gave us the ability to look into scripture and get insight, powerful insight from God's living, living word that will actually come in and illuminate things, not just show you things that you see. You could get that off Google, but it'll illuminate things and it will ready, it will do things inside your spirit, inside your heart, inside your soul. God's word properly taught when you come to understand it, when God's presence takes God's word and puts it inside, inside your heart. You don't just get information, you get transformation. Something shifts, changes, adapts, refocuses you and allows you to go, whoa, I don't just know different. I am different today. I believe that's what God wants to do with some of you in this room that have the faith to say, I need God to help me to be different, not just no different. We need the Holy Spirit to deal with these types of times in our lives. I wanna look into Acts 16 today, and I wanna see what two men named Paul and Silas did in the midst of a very difficult, I would say unfair, very hard to figure out situation. And I want to evaluate the difference between their faith and some of our faith and see if we can't learn what God would want us to do with the situations we're facing today. Everybody say there and then. Come on, say it again. Say there and then. Everywhere I go and preach and every time I'm here... Every Sunday at Our City Church, I always preach from the perspective I've called there and then from my whole preaching life. And what it means is I want you to understand what was going on there and then in the Bible. Why? Because if you don't understand the the, the world the Bible was written into, then the words of the Bible won't make sense to you. And I think the word of God will change you, but it won't change you if you don't grasp the world it was written into. So let me tell you a little bit about what's going on in this story in Acts 16. Paul and Silas. Um, are are walking, teaching people about this Jesus guy who had risen from the dead and a bunch of people are running around going, no, he's real, he's alive, he's God, he's everything he said he was. Everyone knew that he had been killed and now there's a bunch of people saying that he wasn't just killed and dead, that he was alive and they had met him and stuff had happened, miracles had happened. They had been baptized with the Holy Spirit. They all had these different prayer languages. They're going through, things are happening. Churches are starting and Paul and Silas are a part of leading this entire new movement movement, this Jesus movement. It wasn't called Christianity back then. They were actually called followers of the way. Everybody say the way. So they're following the way, the way of what? The way of Jesus. And what we have here is that they were walking through and this this girl who was a slave girl had a demonic spirit and she was saying stuff, she was a fortune teller and then her owners would get money, they would charge people to get a fortune, she would tell them a fortune and that's how it would go. Well, she's saying stuff and saying stuff and all these guys are servants of the most high God and for days on end, now, Paul is trying to go about his business. He's leaving, you know, well enough alone. He doesn't want to get too involved. But finally, you know, Paul, I don't know. He, he just got like we get. He's a human. He got frustrated. He got a little annoyed. He got tired of these kids yelling in the other room. He got tired of these teenagers not putting their, their you know, putting their clothes away or cleaning up after themselves. He got tired of, you know, whatever it is. He got tired. You understand. And he finally turned around and said, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you, come out of that girl. Have you ever been at work and felt like saying that to somebody? (laughs) Come on, somebody. (laughs) You ever work with somebody you just like to turn one day, just once, maybe on your last day, and just say, and before I go, in the name of Jesus, I say to you, right? <laughs> so, so all of a sudden, this girl, whatever power she had from the demonic and the, the, the you know the dark side, gone. And she can't tell nobody nothing no more. Well, her owners ain't too keen on this. They're upset, uh, frustrated. And so they come up and they're like, you took away our business model. You know, like we can't do this anymore. <laughs> and he said, he said, look, uh, you know, and then you've changed this thing. And so they throw them in prison. Now let's catch up. Verse 23, Acts 16, verse 23 says this. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Now the jailer has a very important job. The job of the jailer is to make sure that nothing happens with these guys, meaning that they 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 were whipped, they were beaten, and they got flogged, by the way. That's not like a slap across the face. They were whooped, okay, with 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 a and rods and they were beat up so bad you would have been able to see the inside of their their flesh, inside their skin. I mean, it, they were beat bad. Then they're put inside the, 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 the jail uh, into the prison and then this jailer, his life is on the line. Nothing can be done um, to these guys and they can't be taken out because if they are somehow, you know, a prison break happens, it's the jailer's life on the line. So verse 24 says that when he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell. He put them in the inner cell because he wanted to make sure, look, I don't want no funny business because these folks, these, these, these guys, if anybody takes them out, I'm dead and I don't want that. So th- this is critical. Uh, when he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and he fastened their feet in the stocks. So here's the picture. You got Paul and Silas doing God's work. In the middle of doing God's work, he does the supernatural side of God's work, really prays something on out of there, changes the dynamic of the situation. Next thing you know, he is in prison for it. Not any kind of prison, the prison that beats you. And not any kind of prison that beats you, but they put you in the inside solitary, which is the worst kind of prison. Then they're in there and it's not just in there and you can walk around and try to keep yourself okay. You fastened into the stocks, shackled like this. For telling people about Jesus, for doing God's work, for having faith, exercising your faith, for doing what's right. Have you ever tried to do what was right, what God called you to do? We stepped out, we were obedient, had faith, and stepped out and sacrificed and did and, and and did it, and then it just didn't go well. In fact, it almost got worse. How do we handle it when it's not fair? How do we handle it when doing what God asks us to do puts us into a difficult, maybe even unfair? What is it that you feel when you get put in that situation? Get there for me right now. Because in order for this message to hit, you got to get there with me. You got to go, what do you really feel when you are treated unfairly and you were the one being more humble? You said sorry when you know he was more wrong. And then he acted like, mm, finally you saw, finally somebody said sorry. You you like, Man, you was the one, right? Right, you, you finally, you say, you know what? I wanna just, let's just be cool. I'm gonna try to, let me just lower my swords real quick here and I'm gonna be kind first. And then they're not even humble enough to see that you're being more humble and they just wanna, how do you handle it when your boss is not fair, when it isn't fair, when it isn't right, when what they say hurts, when what they did treats you so wrong and you're in the middle of it and you're going, wait a minute, like I'm put into the cell of disappointment or frustration or pain or unfair treatment because you are just doing what God has for you or you're faithful. Some of you decide, hey, I'm going to tithe. I'm going to give. I'm going to be generous. I'm going to give to the relief effort. And now all of a sudden it's time for you to get something you want. And you're like, well, now I can't have what I want. Or now this is difficult. Now I'm not sure what to do. Now I got to use my faith, not just to have given the money, but now I got to use my faith to deal with the fact that I don't have it. And that ain't easy. Now I feel like, wait, why am I in this frustrated place? Why am I in this position? Why am I, this is not easy on me. I'm trying to honor God. I'm trying to be faithful in this is difficult. He left me because I wouldn't be with him at night. We ain't married. But I decided to do what God wants me to do. And now I'm lonely. My friends don't want to call me because I told them I don't want to drink with them no more. Oh, now I ain't got no friends. I'm doing what God wants me to do. And I'm paying for it. What do you do? How do you do with that? This is what it says. It says that this situation is exactly how it goes for all of us, for doing what's right. But now the story turns and gets powerful. Verse 25. And it says this. And about midnight, midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Now, in order for this message to really make sense to you, I need you to be honest with yourself. Is that how it goes for you? Don't lie in God's house. That's what you do when it ain't fair. That's what you do when they treat you wrong. That's what you do when you're alone because you're doing what God wants you to do. That's how you act when it's tight because you're being faithful with God's resources he's entrusted you to. That's what you do when when the person violates confidence. That's what you do when it's like this again. That's what you do when it's not fair, when the professor was not easy, was more difficult, when they found out you went to whatever church and now they had something to say. When you found out, wait a minute, it feels like this coach has something in for me. Whenever it was not right, not fair, not okay, unfair, unjust and you knew it was happening is that what your response was to go to midnight not to try to drown your woes away in some craziness but to say hey let's uh let's praise God and sing some hymns can we acknowledge the faith of these men for a moment, can we pause and look back through the the, the scope of history, through the lens of scripture and say, wow, that kind of faith, that's powerful. Because I don't know if in the full steam of my emotions, when I'm frustrated, when it isn't fair and I'm getting into my car with all of it ramping up, that the first thing that we all feel like we want to do in that moment is to just lift his name high and rely on you, Lord Jesus, you're my rock. I mean, let's, let's do this. I mean, let's, let's put the 2021 Christian in the, in the prison there and let's retell the story. How about that? Let's do that. Let's put the 2021 American Christian in this story right now. How do you think that goes? How do you think it goes when the 2021 Christian who has unfair, I mean, this is, is unfair. This ain't, you know what? You just don't like me. You getting beat. You thrown in prison, you shackled up. There is no judge, jury. This is as unfair as unfair gets. It is not right, it ain't wrong. I'm, I'm sorry, it's wrong there's no right coming your way. And yet something inside of them, there's this other thing they have access to that they look deeper into who Jesus is and something else happens in their heart. They respond differently. I mean, come on, 2021. Let's be real. See, when I look at this, it challenges my faith. Because I say this, I say, I think we need to reach back into their faith they had. I think we need to reach into some of our grandma's and grandpa's faith, the ones who went through the Great Depression and went through these wars and went through all this stuff and yet still stand strong upon what they believe Jesus had for them. It wasn't fair. It wasn't easy. And the economy wasn't doing good. And there was all kinds of stuff happening. And there was craziness and war and and missiles and country countries pointing stuff at each other and presidents getting shot and all kinds of stuff. And yet there was a generation of faith-filled Jesus followers that somehow, way, not perfect, they didn't get it all right, but their faith had something that I see missing from the church today. It's the ability to be treated unfairly. And still keep your faith intact. Do you know how to be treated unfairly and keep your faith intact, sharp? pointed at Jesus? Or does the moment it gets treated unfairly, the sharpness dulls and it gets pointed at some other coping way and some other way of dealing with it? I'm not advocating it's okay to be abused, mistreated. I'm not advocating that it's okay we should just accept it and never raise our voice and challenge things. We should. But there is something about the way in which we go about it that is still missing and we need to reclaim that. We need to reach back into the scripture where Paul and Silas are in the middle of being beaten, thrown in prison, and and they're doing it because, not because of anything other than they were being obedient to God. And then they began to sing. And it's not because it was fair and it's not because it's okay, but something deep inside of them allowed them to worship God. Ready for this? Together. And you know what? I don't know who went first. I don't know who went first. Oh, I can imagine the, you know, the difference right now. Uh, whoever had to cut through the sound of the moaning of pain between them two. The, the, the one who had to be able to say the first line of a song that they, he knew they both knew. The one who said, who, who got the strength to crackle his voice through the pain of the tears. I don't know who had to say the phrase first. I don't know whose faith went first. But I know one of them had to say first, hey, why don't, why don't we pray? Why don't we pray? Why, why don't we lift up Jesus right now? But this is what we must bring back to our faith. We have to learn or relearn how to do this because one of them had to go first. My question to you right now individually is, when was the last time you went first? When was the last time you went first? That you cut through the pain, you cut through the unfairness, you cut through the difficulty, you cut through the complaining, you cut through the, the, the all of what ain't right, and you were the first one. You didn't wait for nobody else, you didn't wait for somebody else to suggest it. You lifted up the crackle of your voice through everything that wasn't right, fair, good, okay with even you and God, and you said, you know what? We need to pray. We need to sing. We need to change the music. We need to change the atmosphere. We got to shift this. And it ain't because it's right what's being done. It's because what we want to have right isn't necessarily all this, but all of this has to stay right. I don't want you to take over what's in here. I don't want you to have access to my faith. I don't want you to dull my faith, break my faith, move my faith, shift my faith because my faith might be the only thing I got to get me through what I've got to go through right now. I wish I had one witness right now in this house. It's daunting to do it. That's why. It's vulnerable. What if nobody wants to pray with you? What if nobody likes the song you choose? What if nobody wants to worship with you? Now you put yourself out there spiritually and that's gonna hurt because it's hard to be vulnerable and then get hurt. It's one thing for somebody to throw arrows of pride or arrogance or whatever at you when you are just not being vulnerable. That's why some of you don't know how to be vulnerable because you're too scared to get hurt again. So you just keep the wall up in conversations. Yeah, well, maybe, I mean, if you want to, fine, but if you don't, I don't care either. Um, I guess I'm not the only one. But all of a sudden I, I put myself out there and I could be embarrassed. And so I end up just being quiet. I know we need to pray, but I'm too afraid. I'm too afraid of what they might think. I'm too afraid if my college friends are going to think, I'm you just being, oh, you just being Jesus, oh, you just being, okay, you always got to bring up God. You don't want your husband to roll his eyes or grunt under his breath. And I'm not saying, look, this is not an advocation of, you know, going to lunch at the high school and standing up on the middle of the lunch table at lunch saying, hearken unto my voice, all of thee gathered together today. We shall lift thy name up. His name is Jesus. No, I'm talking about when you are with your trusted people and you know it's all going unfair. you with Paul, Silas, each other. We do life together. And this ain't right. And this ain't fair. That somebody had to go first. I don't know who did it, but I would tell you this. You need to get yourself some friends who will march with you. I'm going to say something right now. Some of y'all need to change your friends because you don't have friends. You have friends that roll their eyes at you when you go to the actual thing that will actually give you the help you actually need. They will, they'll root you on while you go to throw your life away and make more misery out of the misery you in. Oh yeah, let's do that. And you're like, yeah, these are good friends. No, they ain't. Now, you might take a few years to figure out what I said, but I just want you to remember this. September 12th, 2021, Pastor Chris Harrell, Our City Church, Southern California. Just remember, remember this moment, okay? You might gotta go do your thing, fine, go do I love you and Healing Place, me, God, everybody will be there for you when you're done. But just know this, it doesn't have to go be three, four years of you destroying your life. You can learn that thing right now and be ahead of everyone else your age and decide today, you know what? I'm done with the foolishness. Or not, you could do what a lot of us had to do and figure it out for ourselves because we're so much smarter than everyone else older than us and go do it and jack yourself up. And then a couple years later, come on back and you might have one or two kids and an ex-wife or some mess. So you know what? Hey, we'll work that out too. There's grace, forgiveness, willingness to walk with you through whatever drama, loss of jobs, loss of money, two dumb cars, all the drama, speeding tickets, failure to to appear, failure to pay, court ticket violations. Pay your tickets, by the way. You need to know that the church will be here for you. But if you want to be smarter than everyone else your age, listen to the words coming out of my mouth, be stronger than them. Do what they won't do and do this. Hey, man, I know I ain't, I ain't perfect and I don't have it all down, but I think we ought to pray on this one right here. And I don't know who did it, but maybe there's a part of me as a pastor, as a leader that I have to make decisions that I know implicate other people's like, realities that I would like to think it was Silas that went first because I'd like to think maybe Paul was having a hard time with it, that maybe Paul was having a hard time because he was in the room when he had to watch Silas get beat, knowing that it was his decision to do what he did that got Silas beat. Now Silas is getting beat for something Paul knows he did. That I would imagine it might be hard for Paul to listen to Silas moan, to watch it, that he might wanna turn away and just not be a part of it. And I can imagine that maybe Maybe for me, I just like to think it would have been Silas just to have the kind of faith that would just, he would go first. Why? Just to let Paul know, I'm not a 2021 Christian. I'm that first generation one, okay? The first one that came over here. The first one that fought. The first one that had to do it, okay? That's me. That's this faith, okay? And I want you to know, hey, Paul, let's pray, let's sing, let's go. Because a 2021 Silas would have been like, You know why we in here, right? You can never keep your mouth shut. That's why we in here. Every time you feel like you got something to say, you couldn't just let that girl say her mess and let us go on about our business. You just had, had to make your point, had to say something, didn't you, Paul? And you know what? You're always yapping. You're always yapping, been yapping. Before it was Jesus, it was some other mess. You and your Pharisee and your Benjamin tribe and all the rest. Man, I'm tired of this. I don't even know why I'm still with you. Why did they put you in charge? You shouldn't even be leading this whole thing. I don't even know why you're writing these letters. We need to burn every last one of these letters anyways and get rid of this mess because this is what I'm sick and tired of, man. Hashtag. (laughs) Cancel culture, Paul. (laughs) But I thank God. That Silas had a different kind of faith. He had a faith that we want to have in this church, that I want in my church, that I want in my wife. I want in my daughter. I want in myself. He had a faith that he said, it ain't fair. It ain't right. This is not okay. We're going to make some changes. We're going to make some things. We're going to vote. We're going to do this, get involved in community, activate and get done and do what we got to do. But I will not allow my faith head to be bent down. I will not let the sharpness of God's word to dull in my heart. I'm not going to allow you to command my faith. I will lift up the name that I know will get me through this pain right now. Paul, tune me up, man. D flat. Let's go. I put my hope in Jesus. And this is where the story turns. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're going through. I don't, I don't know where that, but I, I want to tell you the, the rest of the story real quick if I can. It says this, suddenly, verse 26, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, I bet he did. (laughs) He woke up and when he saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and he was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped and he knew the way they are gonna kill me is gonna be much worse than how I'm gonna kill me. Hey, sometimes you hurt yourself, just get back at somebody else who hurt you. Stop getting back at people who hurt you by hurting yourself. Stop getting back at people who weren't there for you by hurting yourself. Heal yourself. Bring yourself to Jesus. You ain't got to live a life of pain just because somebody else hurt you. That was their mistake. That was their life. Don't trash your life like that. Don't throw your life away. Give your life a chance to become what God wanted it to be, not what they try to keep it from becoming with their own foolishness. And Paul shouted, do not harm yourself because we're all here. We ain't going nowhere. Now, can I put myself, since I'm clowning the 2021 Christian, can I just be honest with myself? If I'm Paul and them doors is open, I'm just saying, the story probably ends a little different. And when the prisoners saw that the chains were loose and the doors were open, Pastor Chris Harrell of Southern California got right up on out of there. <laughs> said, Silas, I hope you can run fast, but I'm out. But Paul said, don't harm yourself. We're all here. We're all here. Don't harm yourself. Can I just say that to somebody? I don't know who needs to hear this. Not in my notes, but I just want to say it to somebody. I don't know who you are. Don't harm yourself, don't hurt yourself, don't harm yourself, don't take your life, don't, don't be physically harmful and don't harm yourself with decisions either. We're all here, you're not alone, you don't have to be alone. You got a whole community, a whole tribe, a whole church, a whole army that will pray with you but you do have to be courageous enough to say, I need some help. That's the only thing you gotta be crazy enough to do. You ain't gotta fix it all. You ain't gotta know the answers. You ain't gotta do it all. You got to do one thing. That's it, one thing. It's only one thing. It's, it's the only thing you got to do to change your life. And it's this, I need some help. Somebody, I need some help. You say it to Jesus and you say it to the community of Jesus followers. That's it, that's all. You do that one act of courage and your whole life will transform before your very eyes, day after day, week after week. Because what is that? That's you putting your hope in Jesus. It's you being shackled to something that ain't fair, that maybe somebody else put you into it. They put you into that debt. They put you into that trauma. They put you into that difficulty. They put you into that family. They put you into that position. They put you there. You didn't put yourself there. And if you did get into there, you got in there by doing something God wants you to do. So you found yourself there. Now that's not to say that we don't put ourselves in prisons of our own bad choices, because we do. Can I tell you about those prisons too? that even in those prisons, if you will lift up the name of Jesus, if you will say, I'm done with this foolishness, I'm gonna declare who he is, I'm gonna call upon his name, I will declare to you this day that the Holy Spirit will run in like he did in this room and there will be a violent earthquake that the foundations of your own prison, be it self in, uh, self-imprisonment self or something, someone else will shake and at once, prison doors will fly open and chains will come loose. I can tell you this, that I believe today, this day, this day, this service right now, that there is an anointing in this room right now that wants to break some chains that have been holding your life, holding you up, shackling you to a life of imprisonment. And God wants to snap them off this morning. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit HealingPlaceChurch.org.